0: So just finished a podcast today. We had Justin Pardee. He is one of the owners. You may or may not have heard about it yet. It's called the Raincross Gazette. They're doing a Riverside newspaper. It's digital. Right now, they're sending it out every Tuesday and Thursday morning. So if you sign up for it, it's only $5 a month. And then you get two issues a week right now. They have a much bigger vision. We talk about here on the podcast about them expanding it to a lot of different stuff. But it's 100% Riverside local news. I think one of the things I'm most excited about is that their kind of their mission and their goal is to really present what's happening in Riverside and for it not to have any slant or agenda from either side which I think there's a lot of people like myself out there that are starving for for just the truth and just the facts and just the stories what's happening what's happening in my town from whether it's the schools whether it's new legislation what's happening in politics what's happening in the city what's happening downtown what's happening with businesses Um, If you love Riverside as much as I do, and you want to be in the know of what's really going on, um, Justin Pardee, um, he's super well-connected within Riverside, grew up here in Riverside just like we did. Uh, I'm really, really excited about what they're doing. So as soon as we're done here, I'm signing up. Uh, If you go to the raincrossgazette.com. Um, You can sign up there. Like I said, it's only $5 a month. There's no commitment, um, and you'll start getting it every Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to do it right now. I definitely suggest you do it as well, and I'm really excited um, to see everything that comes from it. So hope you enjoy the podcast. We dive into a lot of that. We talk a ton about Riverside, too, uh, from me moving out of Riverside in 2001 and coming back like six, 17, 18 years later, and my experience of the changes that happened in Riverside. And I was really able to ask him some questions uh, from his perspective. He never left. Like, when did this happen? And these are some of the changes I noticed that happened while I was gone. Loved the conversation, really great stuff. So if you love Riverside, um, check it out. Hope you enjoy the podcast and go to Rain Cross Gazette, sign up. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. This is the Create Podcast
1: can I take that? Yeah, yeah. So definitely. okay, so so how how'd you get into real estate stuff?
0: So we um
1: sorry, I'm like a curious person. No, no, yeah, yeah. that's
0: that's that's what this is all about. So yeah, so we we had done my wife's been a photographer for 15 20 years. Forever. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um and I owned a couple different businesses. We had a franchise, Coldstone Creamery. Oh, yeah. Franchise and then the 2008 people didn't want to pay 10 dollars for ice cream anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so we shut those down, and we were looking to do something together to use. Um, I love I love the creative process of building and creating stuff. Mm-hmm, so like, mm-hmm. let's create a new business that's do something that will utilize your photography and something that we do together. And so we started doing local magazines for affluent neighborhoods. When you were out there, yeah, in North oh, Carolina,
1: okay. kind of like Riverside Living <coughs> magazine. You mm-hmm. with that? Okay. Yep,
0: yep. But we would just isolate it to a specific neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So some of the neighborhoods we only sent it's like. 500 homes
1: yeah that's what riverside living mag well they probably send to like probably ten thousand at most yeah. but yeah yeah yeah
0: so we would have like there aren't any neighborhoods really in riverside like in raleigh where we were yeah it was a great place to do it because like there was a neighborhood called wakefield had uh-huh. basically a wall around it yeah and you knew you lived in wakefield mm-hmm. and you drive five miles and there's the heritage neighborhood uh-huh. so they were very well defined and it was really easy to do yeah and they were the most affluent neighborhoods and uh-huh. so and basically the same thing we're doing now is it's just with residents in the neighborhood. So each month we would get three or four families and we'd do like an athlete of the month and a pet of the month and yeah, family yeah. of the month. Okay. And just do very intimate my wife and I she would do a photo shoot with the family. Yeah, that's critical. And lay it out very professionally. Uh-huh. And, um, and then you had all these roofers and plumbers and dentists and financial advisors that are trying desperately to get to those affluent homeowners and um, we're direct mail pieces typically go from the mailbox to the trash, um, because ours was all about them and
1: mm-hmm. it was
0: all their neighbor's kid was featured. Yeah, totally. Um, so at one point we had four of those, four different neighborhoods oh, that right. we were, we were doing. And then I was on the leadership team for the, we partnered with a publishing company. So I was working f- with them and for them and then we owned our own and then, and then they were testing, um, to basically do the same concept for, um, real estate community so at that point by then this was four years ago they had probably 950 neighborhoods all over the u.s that they did that for um and they were wanting to test it for real estate agents um, basically take the same concept so we launched the second one in raleigh mm-hmm. um and we we sold all our neighborhood magazines um and went full, full no way full, okay. yeah went full time into that and then um, help them develop that. And so I was the head of product development. I was the national trainer for that product. Oh, cool. So over the, from there we went about two years and we launched almost a hundred of those all over the U S so,
1: and they're all called real producer.
0: Yes. Yeah, so there's a San Diego real producers oh. the and then empire real producers. So we, nice. they've, when we started, it wasn't a franchise. They've since have franchised it. So technically we own the franchise for Inland mm-hmm. empire. Um, Yes, that's our...
1: So what brought you back to this way? The magazine or the opportunity or...
0: Just to come back. Yeah. Like when I left... How come you came to Redlands? We live in Riverside. Oh, you do? Yeah. We both grew up in Riverside. What are you
1: working in here for then?
0: Uh... (laughs) So, side note, I always –
1: I'm Justin, by the way. What was your name again? (laughs) Antonio. (laughs) Antonio. So, I always joke because I'm like born and raised, blah, blah, blah. Whenever I say I was – if I'm talking to other people who are like diehard riversiders, they'll always be like, um, excuse my language, Redlands. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I – because I – well – I like Redlands a lot, actually. We have some really great clients out here. Yeah. But I freaking hate how much people love Redlands compared yeah. to Riverside. And I'm like, yeah, if we were a tiny-ass little city who yeah. um, could ship our homeless people out um, <laughs> via the police and drop them off in downtown Riverside... It'd be different. Uh, yeah. We could be a lot more like <laughs> Redlands. But yeah. we're not a tiny... Ass. Yeah, anyways. Yeah. Sorry. So why are you? What, what's your business in Redlands for?
0: This is just where our office and studio is. And yeah. we were... I was using the co-working space, you know, Mind & Mill, uh-huh. downtown Riverside. So I was using co-working space. Excuse we your language. Just, yeah, <laughs> we had just moved back, and uh, um, I just needed a space like this because mm-hmm. we were wanting to get the podcast off the ground. Gotcha. And And um, I'm usually – I don't spend much time in the office, but I need needed uh-huh, a place. Okay. And, like, co-working and, mind, uh, coworking and Starbucks just doesn't yeah, work yeah, for me. Yeah, 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 totally. So I was trying to find something. I was looking Riverside. I was mm-hmm. That's where I wanted to be, and I just couldn't find anything. Yeah that worked mm-hmm. and so i'm like well, let me look i don't want to go outside of riverside mm-hmm. we featured a lot of real estate agents in riverside so mm-hmm. at the time we were here like almost every week like the first six months we had a lot of redlands real estate agents and i saw this and i just couldn't pass it up and i'm like redlands is cool and mm-hmm. i can get out of riverside yeah, a couple yeah, of days yeah. a week so so yeah right. but yeah but we grew up grew up in riverside we went to north my wife and i we, oh, met, okay. we met at north high school and really that's what when did you graduate 94
1: Oh, you're not that much older than me. Yeah. Okay. When I graduated two thousand. Okay. My yeah. wife was ninety nine from Polly, but I went to Woodcrest.
0: Okay. So I won't hold that against yeah. you Yeah, yeah. The you
1: got a Bible verse or something on your arm right there in the yeah. g- in the Greek. So Ephesians yeah. uh, we... one three. Okay, there yeah. you go. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Woodcrest. So where do you guys live now?
0: Um Canyon Crest. Oh, uh-huh. I I grew up in Mission Grove like, oh, uh-huh. when it was via Vista the mm-hmm. Canyon Crest Drive Alessandro. What all part life? of Canyon Crest? um i grew up we had a house on via vista and then they we up um um up canicrest wilding you know over by taft oh yeah elementary yeah, yeah. up uh-huh. there that's where i grew up got you but we uh i left to go to school in north carolina in 2001 uh-huh. and i was like all right i'm gonna go to school for four years and i'm gonna come back and then life happened and yeah i started <clears throat> my senior year of school i started a business and married and kids and it was like 20 years later i'm like i want to go back Mm -hmm. back home and so we uh had a small window where we knew that we could start here come Mm -hmm. here and start the magazine Mm -hmm. so it's just talking to my wife like now's the time how long you been back a year and a half oh no way yeah oh rad yeah so for me it was like it never stopped being home like my brother lives in riverside my parents are in corona gotcha you Um, You live off your vista still um over, we're over by the kind of by the town center that area yeah kind of yeah place, okay.
1: yeah i uh we did i grew up in the wood streets my whole life you know where the baseball fields are by the yep. hospital that's where I, yep. my backyard was those baseball fields like okay um like right by rcc and then we moved or my wife grew up two blocks from there and then um i now live in victoria woods like right across the street from Polly. in between yep. poly high school and the country club so Where'd you get that coffee, that's, by the way? That's
0: a great area. At Molino's, sorry. Oh, Molino's. No, gonna.
1: Well, I was like, I know Augie's is not existing anymore. And then I had Molino's at downtown Riverside this morning. Yeah.
0: I love coffee. I always have at least one a day. But, like, my dessert thing, like, my is chai tea. So I've gotten them all over. Those have the best chai tea I've ever I had. I had
1: five coffees so far today. If you can <laughs> tell, like, that's why I came rolling in here hot. So we. I had a, a four-hour-long Zoom meeting for the Riverside Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. And then I jumped straight out of that into another member, or to another Zoom with a um, uh, down Ward One council member in Redlands or Riverside. Yeah. Um, so, and I just I literally walked into the office this morning with three coffees, um, and then uh, we had one like ten minute bathroom break, and I ran from my office down <laughs> to Molinos, got an iced latte, and then I did that again um, at the end of the. So I'm like wired up right now. Yeah, no, it's good. All I'm, right, I'm, sorry, I'm I'm super inquisitive, <laughs> and that's. What, are you no. from Redlands?
0: no no yeah, but I live in Riverside you do live I in Riverside I went to UCR yeah. oh you did yeah. okay
1: alright cool man what's your yeah. name again Antonio Antonio yeah. sorry I suck <laughs> yeah, and you pretty. are do you run the media empire is that the uh, pretty much the, the uh yeah, yeah. got gotcha. you he's gotcha. the man <laughs> got gotcha. you so when you, what did you study at UCR film film yeah. oh red. okay cool dude mm-hmm. I was a film student at RCC mm-hmm. and then I was like I don't know if I can make this work so then anyways I went to Cal I graduated Cal State San Bernardino oh you did oh How- i'm all i feel like I, every time i said cal state san marino i've howled like a coyote yeah <laughs> that's where my wife went she oh, she, did? she loved it yeah like honestly yeah. okay i i freaking loved rcc i went there for three years my dad was faculty there as well and yeah. then um i freaking loved it so much then i went to cal state regina cal state san marino i was like dude i freaking love it here too i loved i loved it so yeah.
0: she taught yeah. my wife always was talking about because she did most of her work there and then she moved to Washington and. She ended up graduating University of Washington.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. She did well, that's way more prestigious than Cal State San Bernardino. Yeah, but
0: she did most of her work there, and she <laughs> often says that she enjoyed her time there. Oh, yeah, more. dude. It felt it's like awesome. she actually loved it. It was more.
1: wild. Both my both, both my mom and dad went to Cal State San Bernardino for, oh, like, really? a little bit of a time, too, which is, like, wow. wild. So.
0: It's crazy. I'm excited about what you're doing with the the Raincross Gazette, right? Yeah, yeah, so, Raincross yeah. Gazette. Yeah. We're,
1: we're super excited. Especially
0: so. with being Riverside because, like, talking about us moving back here mm-hmm. we got had so many people on both sides because we were super well connected we were in North Carolina we were on that magazine for three years and yeah so and we actually knew a handful of people that grew up in Southern California that were there because there's a ton of transplants in mm-hmm. Raleigh so on both sides we were like why are you moving back to California yeah. and, and then like and why are you moving back to Riverside yeah um, and like I've lived I've lived outside of dallas for a couple years mm-hmm. i lived outside of boston for a couple years i lived in south carolina i lived in north carolina i've at least been to almost every state yeah i've been to I've, i did humanitarian work for a couple of years uh-huh. um before i went to school in between high school so it's like egypt israel but i saw a lot of the world and like there's no place i'd rather live that's awesome i love hearing that yeah. it's so
1: cool man it's like i I literally don't know how the city has pulled it off. And by the city, I don't mean like the city government or whatever. I mean, literally the community, the people, the residents, everything. It feels like a small town, Mm. even though it's really, really big, you know? And when you live in Riverside, um, uh, you're go, you you know, you're comparing yourself to Los Angeles, to Palm Springs, to San Diego, maybe even Orange County or whatever and people yeah. are like, ah, oh, Riverside's so small I'm like, we have over 300,000 residents, which I know is not like mil- there's millions in LA or whatever but this is the one that shocked me, uh, like Pittsburgh has, uh, so Riverside's at 330,000 I think and that's probably a low number, we'll find out when 2020 census results come out soon Pittsburgh has just under 300,000 Oh, wow. They've got um, NFL, MLB, and NHL teams, right? Wow. They have multiple TV markets um, in that city. It's just based on the fact that they're the biggest game in town that makes you feel like Pittsburgh is such is such a big deal. Right. Riverside is bigger. Um, I would have never thought that. Uh, seriously, me, yeah. We did the freaking Steelers. I grew up loving the Steelers. Um, yeah. and yeah Riverside is a bigger city than that, but there's there are some key things that obviously pittsburgh has it we don't well professional sports is cool they got a major water fair going right through town or whatever but yeah anyways, yeah dude I think riverside is awesome um and in spite of all that size there it's got this real small town feel you know and part of that for me I've had because my dad was a um he taught at the city college where literally everybody would graduate and they're like, ah, frick, I don't I don't know what I'm doing with my life yet. I'm going to go yep. to RCC mm. for a couple semesters. And my dad taught this class called um, – oh, shoot, what was it called? It was like a guidance counseling class, like an intro to college kind of a thing. And then he also taught uh, intro to business. Um, so a lot of people took his – his classes were like prerequisites or whatever. So it's so many students, and because of that, like any time we'd go out to dinner, like we would go to Pizza Hut or whatever, and some other family would be in Pizza Hut and they'd come over and be like, "What's up, Dr. Pardee?" You know, you and they they maybe get emotional because my dad was an awesome, awesome, awesome teacher, and I don't so I don't know if it if it was that part of growing up in Riverside that made me feel like it's such a small town or um what but it it just has a super super small little vibe to it you know and my wife and i like we're married we've been married uh, sh- edit this part out where i'm like trying to remember it i think it's like okay i think it'll be 14 years in may i don't think it's 15 because i got one more year to save up some money for a legit anniversary trip post-covid i'm pretty sure we've been married 13 now anyways we grew up two and a half blocks from each other um, but we didn't, we didn't know each other. Um, thank God she would never have considered <laughs> dating me until like a, a day or two before we actually met when I got a little bit of my life more together. Cause she was like smart. Um, uh, you know, so like I go to my grandma's house, um, and it's like right around the corner from my wife's house. And it's like, you can see my parents' house from, well, across a middle school field, you know, and yeah. we used to watch the 4th of July fireworks from the same um, middle school field and all these things. And so any, anyways, it just feels like such a small town where the movers and shakers and the people that get really involved know each other. And that just, it just has this awesome, awesome vibe. And, and because there's, because there's enough happening there, I feel like some business owner, right? Because there's enough happening. Riverside uh, is a place where you can establish a business. You can build something great and, um, be really successful Mm. but it's also small enough of a town that there's room for new things you know like uh you can be a legit like i see you got an arcade coffee roaster sticker behind you over there right you can be (laughs) a rad new coffee shop and come into town and do something great even though we've already got some a couple rad new coffee shops we're a big enough of a city that that kind of stuff can happen Mm. Um, but we're also small enough where it's financially realistic that you can get started and you can make things happen and you can reach out to people and they want you to succeed. So yeah, dude, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's magical. Not everyone is like obsessed with their city. And for me, for maybe me, it's a little bit unhealthy, but I'm, I'm super, <laughs> I love Riverside, you know?
0: No, it's interesting because especially when, we, when we were in the process of coming back and then coming back, it's both went to high school here, both grew up here, st- um, still have family here. <clears throat> and so as we were reconnecting with people, <clears throat> it was interesting to hear the response from some people that grew up in are still here. It was like, oh, why would you come back to this place? And it was like mm-hmm. this very negative, like they didn't come out and say, I hate this place, but right. it was like, why would you come here? Like you were gone. Um, and then there were some people that were more like like how you are like, mm-hmm. they have tattoos. Right I know society, exactly. You know, and the ring
1: like, cross is a big deal, dude. So yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: And it's like, I often tell my wife, Marissa, I'm like, I feel really fortunate that, because I think if I would have stayed here and never left, I don't think I would have been the negative person. Like I hate it here, mm-hmm. but I don't think I would be so in love with, and appreciative of what it is, had I not spent 20 years away from it. Oh, yeah. Um, and coming back and realizing and there's just so many layers to that. One is the weather. Mm-hmm. I mean, living in North Carolina where <laughs> most of your is humid, mm-hmm. so you, t- you need to take a couple showers a day unless you're like <laughs> yeah. sweating. Um, I mean, the, just the weather alone, mm-hmm. then that's kind of the surface level, but then all the other stuff you talk about. But I have a question for you. I've been wanting to ask someone this. I think yeah, you're yeah. the perfect person to ask. So I left when I was 18, 2001. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, spent five years traveling and all over the place and then landed in the Carolinas. So although I had come back to visit over the years, I didn't live here. And so coming back a year and a half ago, I don't know how much of it was I didn't notice before, like the pride of Riverside and the rain crosses everywhere, and like mm-hmm. I was like, did I just not notice that before, or did something happen over the last twenty years where it changed? Man,
1: that's such a good question. Uh, mm. That's a really good question because um, it was
0: drastic in my in my mind. In my mind, says so like that did not exist. So yes. how much of it was it changed? And how much was that I just didn't notice it because I was a kid.
1: Okay, I think. Um Dang, dude! I'm just looking at your books. Sorry, I'm like a bit like that dog in the movie Up, where it's like squirrel. squirrel. You got okay. Any dude who's got E-Myth mastery sitting on top of Shoe Knight, uh, Shoe Dog from Phil Knight. I'm like, okay, I should not. This guy, I can trust. Um, so I, I think actually, so there's there's this period in like the 80s, 90s where Riverside was kind of sketchy, mm-hmm. um, and downtown was a scary place. The Mission Inn was not. Um, I think the city owned it. It was apartments for a while. Like I know, I know people, older people who were like, oh yeah, I lived in the mission Inn for like three years. I was like, what? Wow. And they're like, oh yeah, I was kind of like squatting in this corner. What? <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so I, I actually think, and this is why if we come, if we, I don't know where this conversation is going to go, um, but this is why I really believe in the power of business. But mm-hmm. so I think um, the, the revitalization of the mission in and turning that into a place that's really beautiful and um, not sketchy became the catalyst for everything that has happened in Riverside over the last 30 plus years. And m- honestly, maybe it's even less than that in the 20 so years. Right. Because um, so uh, I've been paying a lot of attention to like urban planning podcasts and all those kind of things. And a lot of people talk about, you know, like as a downtown goes, the city goes. Yeah. So like the downtown area of Riverside, I think, the, I think the, intentional investment that happened in mission Inn, Mm -hmm. um and the roberts family came in um and made that like a really cool place i think that was the first thing that needed Mm -hmm. to happen because it really cleaned up downtown um you know so like we're talking about the rain cross which is what people have tattooed and everything uh the mission Inn foundation they own the patent for the rain cross symbol really um but they've given it to the city, I don't know the agreement. Um, one of my friends, his name is Philip Falcone. He posted this on his Facebook. He's like a young kid, but like a super Riverside historian nerd yeah. <laughs> in an awesome way. Um, if you hear this, Philip, you, you know I meant that as a compliment. He was he posted the the original patent or whatever, okay. but it's shared with the city, so the city can have the use the Rain Cross as the logo and symbol at no cost. Huh. Um, kind of like how New Orleans has the fleur de lis. Um, you know, the city uses it, but also it's like the New Orleans Saints logo on the side yeah. of their football helmets yeah. and stuff. Um, I think it was the mission in that became the catalyst. And then, um, we had mayor Loveridge who came in to town and, um, I wish I actually volunteered for his campaign when I was like right out of high school and early college, but I didn't pay enough attention to what was going on then at the time to like really understand what was happening. But he had a really intense vision for, I think he called it the Riverside Renaissance. Um, well I know that that's what it was called. I think he was the person that was behind it. And that was this really intentional investment of a huge amount of money um in between in, in, on University Avenue in between UC Riverside and downtown Riverside where the mission inn is. Like yeah. trying to take that whole stretch. It was bad and really like, nice. Yeah, dude, re- exactly.
0: Cuz I went to Oh New yeah, North. you would have been right there in Nin- high school. 91, yeah. 92. We, we would leave school and go to the McDonald's on university, uh-huh, and that uh-huh. was super sketchy. I oh mean, yeah, you at Two in the afternoon you'd see prostitutes like, uh, all down uh, dude
1: i uh, my wife and i go to this tiny little church in riverside now and there's this rad lady and i was like so tell me about your life and she's like well i you know for like 15 years i was a prostitute on university <laughs> avenue or whatever and i was like what um but yeah like that was and there's tons of them right and that yep. was like the like all of the vice or whatever that was coming out in the city of riverside was like right in that stretch so i think ultimately the, the main catalyst was the mission incoming in and and being Like, it's almost like you need to, it's like to plant a flag right in the ground and say, no, we're gonna do, we're gonna try and make this great. Um, And I think that's what happened with the Mission Inn coming into Riverside, right? Uh, Because then you can go, okay, the Mission Inn is here. um, Then let's take that place, that building right across the street from the Mission Inn, and let's put a really nice restaurant in there. So there used to be Mario's Place is a Mm -hmm. great restaurant on Mission, right across from, or on Mission Inn Avenue, right across the Mission Inn that used to be out kind of near UC Riverside. So they moved, I remember when they moved, um, I think it was in high school still. They moved from that UCR area to right across the street from the Mission Inn. And then it's like, okay, this is cool. Um, And then, yeah, more and more things kind of started to grow up in and around that downtown area. And then the, uh, like so like Farmer Boys, which Mm -hmm. depending on who the heck's listening to this show or watching or whatever, probably people have no clue who that is, but they're they're a big regional presence now, right? Yeah. They put their downtown headquarters on university, like right yeah. a block over. And and things were able to like slowly start growing from there. Um so I would I think it's the mission in. And that's why like I think I think downtown is so important to, to Riverside. And as I Uh, got more and more involved in like local politics and those kinds of things over the last year, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, pay attention to us out in the La Sierra area. And it's like, yeah, totally. There's a bunch of cool stuff out in the five points part of town or Arlington. You got Hmm. all, all the orange groves and there's a bunch of cool business activity happening there. Yeah. 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 The thing that really has made Riverside, um, Uh, thrive as a community that's got cool things like great restaurants like the salted pig um, or the new lobby that's downtown or great bars right that all came i think out and around of the mission Inn. and as the mission Inn became more of a destination they started doing the festival of lights Mm -hmm. and um obviously 2020 was different because of covid but the end of um Every single year, is like millions of dollars of tourist money comes into the city of Riverside. So my friends and I or my business partners, and I we opened an axe throwing venue downtown Riverside. I saw that that was okay. You. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Our we opened cave that was in there, right? Yeah, yeah. They yeah. had a, they had a coffee yeah. pop up in there. I saw. So that. we opened that up in the Festival of Lights two years ago, and we made a good chunk of change. But more importantly, I learned a lot because I was actually right. I'm a bearded thick dude i lost a little bit of weight here but before that i even looked more like a dude who just walked out of the mountains um chopping wood down or whatever so i was standing out in front of the door with my red flannel holding a little hatchet (laughs) trying to get people to come inside and throw axes and give me money so i could buy my kids christmas presents and um i was talking to people where are you from and people would be like oh we drove up from san diego we're here from temecula we came out from la we spent the night at the mission inn or whatever they're all doing this because they want to have like this magical christmas experience and um over time the investment that happened in the mission inn created this destination we've got to go to it almost like you know anaheim what the heck kind of a city would it be if Dis- if walt disney didn't say like this is where i'm gonna put That's this true, yeah. park. you know what i mean like yeah it would just be a tiny little city um like, all the other tiny little cities in between uh, the Inland Empire and Los Angeles. Like, yeah. what the heck is going on in Montrose? Like, I, don't, I don't know. You know, like, <laughs> it's a city. Like, no offense if you grew up there or lived there. But there's, like, yeah. all these cities in Southern California. Anaheim would be no different if it weren't for the fact that, like, some major business yeah. um, planted there. So, yeah, I think that was a big catalyst. And then even when you talk about Raincross Pride, um, cleaning up downtown where we have these old rain crosses on the light posts and those kinds of things. Just intentionally investing in that area and that's why i think you know like a lot of people are like big business you know like that's part of why society is failing because of capitalistic greed and all these things and i think there's some truths to that Hmm. but also like intentional investment from business minded people is um is really how we move forward and get to a place of progress or whatever you know yeah so
0: no that makes sense sorry dude i'm a rambler no i
1: I grew up as a talker (laughs) my dad was a professor you talk you like get me going and so just like Throw something at yeah. me if you need me to shut up so you can ask the no, question. it's all
0: good. um But it's so my brother. He was out in the Carolinas. He wasn't there as long as I was. He came back first to Riverside, maybe like a year before, and talked to him every couple of days or a couple of weeks. And after he was here for like a month, I remember having a conversation with him, and he's like, "Dude, it's different." Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, "What do you mean it's different?" He's like, "I don't know. I can't put my finger on it." And then next time I have a conversation, he's like, "You know what it is? It's like people are proud of Riverside." Yeah. Like, because he had, like I said, hadn't been gone as long as I as I had, but he noticed it, and I'm like, really? So then, when I got here, just immediately noticed it, like.
1: Well, so so mm. like uh, you you probably came in this weird period then. Um, you, you know, 2008 was obviously economic crisis was crazy insane. Uh, right at that same time, a uh, guy named Ronaldo Fierro, who's now on the he's Ward 3 City Council member mm-hmm. uh, for Riverside, but he opened a business downtown on the corner of 10th and Main Street called Salted Pig, right? Yeah. This really great brew pub. Brew pub. He hired um, mm-hmm. Chef Larry Ty and um, got this mat was awesome and they put together this really incredible tap list for like really great craft beer as that was popping off. They built a scratch kitchen like I'll be like mm-hmm. when I'm growing up <clears throat> As a kid in Riverside, we would go to um, Pizza Hut as a family. When we wanted to do something nice, my dad would take me to, like, We, as a family, we'd go to, like, Sizzler. Sizzler, yeah that was dude. us uh-huh. the sizzler uh, on
0: van buren by in and out yes exactly we go, we go sizzler
1: <laughs> we would um All i remember dude i remember in high school we were like oh my gosh riverside's got applebee's applebee's <laughs> is coming to town dude i have friends who've worked at applebee's and they're like yeah dude we microwave stuff back there before <laughs> yeah. we bring it out i'm like what this is anyways that's where i used to, potatoes to take, are I, used to take yeah. I used to take girls like in high school that would be like my date spot right we're <laughs> yeah. like let oh, i'll take you oh, Yeah, i'll take you out to applebee's yeah. or whatever um but then in that 2008 era like I think uh, I love Ronaldo. I'm so grateful for what he did with the investment that he had. And his he what's so cool about him is he's standing on the shoulders of his dad who had built a really cool business um in Riverside as like a food service provider or whatever, produce and stuff like that. Yeah. Um so he opened Salted Pig and they're like we're we're not doing my, not only are we not doing microwaves in the back, like, we're not pulling ketchup out of a bottle or getting it from a big food service provider. Like, we're going to get to work freaking early in the morning, and we're going to make our own ketchups, you know? Yeah. We're making our own – were cutting our potatoes for the fries. We're making our own ranch dressings and, and all that stuff, like a total scratch kitchen. And – That was a game changer. And I remember when I first heard about salted pig, people were like, you got to pay 17 bucks for a burger or something along those lines. But it's like, yeah, but that's, that's because somebody freaking baked that bread and cut it in half. They didn't pull it out of a plastic bag in the back. You know, that's because somebody hand rolled that stuff. The, The ketchup is, I hate, I grew up hating ketchup, dude. Um, this is like the most dumb thing ever, but I li- I literally did. I grew up hating ketchup. I like it now as long as it's yeah. good, high quality. The first time I ever had ketchup in my life that I wasn't like, Ugh. I was a grown up and I was with my wife and we were at the Salted Pig and I was like, you know, she was like, this ketchup is so good. And I was like, how could I even have married you? Ketchup is so nasty, dude. Um she's like, you got to try it. So I did and I was like, dang, this is really really good. And then that gave other people the idea of, you know what? Let's try something. Like let's let's yeah. build on top of that legacy. So, you know, over time, like he created a really cool bar called Wolfskill um there's another new restaurant that opened up downtown of riverside this last year called lobby i don't know if you yeah. guys have been there
0: haven't been there yet but i've heard all about
1: unbelievably it. good yeah. nobody knows about it it's so good um and other cool places in riverside have been popping up like that where there's really great like our friends at arcade coffee roasters saying we're gonna start you know we're gonna do coffee from scratch and we're gonna be really intentional about it you know like they've done a great job molino's downtown yeah. really cool great venue right but I mean i had an iced latte from there today they're pulling their syrups out of a bottle a place like arcade comes in they're like yeah that's great we're gonna make up syrups and we're gonna come come up with them and we're gonna we're, we're gonna literally make the syrup ourselves so like yeah, you, you go tell. you go to this random place uh in a sketchy part of town right a block from north high school <laughs> and they're like you want a vanilla pine latte and you're like what is what is what what is a vanilla pine latte yeah. um and they you know that's something they made right that's incredible and then you their know their breakfast when burritos they do that, are, oh, dude, their yeah. vegan
0: breakfast burrito have you oh. had the vegan one okay i'm not vegan but uh, they not, didn't no. they didn't have the regular one so i got the okay, vegan okay. one okay. and well, it was amazing when <laughs> we
1: started our company um we, there's a, a developer who gave us a little bit of office space honestly dude our office was like probably the same size as this room and there was five yeah. of us when we first started <laughs> um and then we moved out of there into the back of arcade shop we were subleased from them for about a year okay and that was the year where they did not have their brisket Becky burrito. And I was like, what is this garbage? I got to be eating the tofu or whatever it was. But yeah, dude, their their stuff is just absolutely incredible.
0: The grits even. And
1: then oh, other places good. like popped up. Now my new favorite place, coffee shop, just because I moved and my commute's a little bit different. There's a place called Condren, which is right by the Riverside Plaza across from – I don't know if you know where the post office is by the uh-huh. plaza. Yeah. Condren Coffee. It used to be a gun shop. They had this big old sign on the top. I've that have seen we it. i yeah. Oh, dude, it's, it's so good. good. So good. Uh-huh. Yeah, really, really good. Um, Like, Right, so like you start doing, you you, you need somebody to like spark, to lay that flag down. And then from there, you get to invest, invest. And then over time, things get better. Mm. Um, You know, eventually the Fox Theater, like the Fox Theater had its rehab. um, And now there can be, like Jerry Seinfeld came to Riverside like a couple years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And then you can have a big, you can have a big act like that who will perform at the Fox Theater and then go give him the presidential suite at the Mission Inn because he's a, big deal celebrity or whatever, like, I'm sure that's the room that he's getting, um, that all that stuff is like, it's like a snowball effect of like slow and continual investment in the city that, creators like this to show about creators mm-hmm. right you need somebody who's going to go first who's going to plant a stake and is going to like say i don't care what it is i'm 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 going to commit to this going to make it happen when they do that they start to have a little bit of success and then it's like those sharks they can smell the blood in the water right your other creators who maybe wanted to but didn't have uh the same risk willingness that the first creators would have mm-hmm. um or maybe it's mm-hmm. not the same risk willingness maybe honestly i don't even know i I, I, I got to look into, like, what's Dwayne Roberts, the guy that owns the Mission Inn? How, how rich was he before the Mission Inn? Probably real rich. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm going to... I'm gonna write that down. Okay, I mean, do some <laughs> research uh, before the show. So, so maybe for him it wasn't about rich. Maybe he just had so much extra capacity to come in and invest. Um, but then all that stuff builds and builds. And so, uh, my office is downtown, right next to City Hall, where the Martin Luther King Jr. statue is. Mm-hmm. There's one other office in our building because it's mixed-use retail on the ground floor and then apartments above us. Yeah, that guy, he's a developer or the other guy who has an office in our space, he's a developer. His name's Andrew Walker. And he grew up in Riverside. I think he went to Arlington or maybe he went to North. I can't remember. But his dad had a business or his grandpa had a business downtown. So he used to grow up loving downtown Mm. Riverside. And he just made a commitment like i'm going to be here in riverside i'm going to stay here and i'm going to grow over time and he was a civil engineer and leveraged and built his skills up and now he's doing really incredible development projects right helped the um the, you know we got a nice really nice new hampton inn that's downtown uh, two blocks from the food lab by the fox right yeah he made that nice. project happen there's a new thing coming uh, you know it's still like in the entitlements like working it all out with the city phase. but it's called riverside live and it's or riverside alive and it's um at the end of main street down by the convention center they're going to expand on the convention center do a new 14 uh story business building put this outdoor covered um skating rink uh oh, really area and there's going to be awesome wow. um and that's him right and here's what that was like he's a riverside guy kid who grew up here loved it and then just kind of made a commitment like i'm gonna keep continuing pouring back into the city or you know, I, I, I'm i obsessed with Patricia Lock Dawson, who's the new mayor of Riverside yep. as of November 2020. And, you know, she grew up here in the Greenbelt off Victoria Avenue. And she, I think she has four brothers and sisters and all of them kind of went to college and then left to go pursue opportunities. And she's yeah. like, she left for a little bit to be a park ranger and stuff. But came back to Riverside. And then as she started to have a family, she's like, I would like my girls to stay here. You know? So she said, what do I need to do to make Riverside a place where they stay? Well, it needs to have more affordable housing. It needs to have uh, a better quality of life, which cool things to do. It needs to have better job opportunities, all those things. And anyways, creators make it happen. Mm-hmm. And th- there's like a trickle down or a snowball effect. I think of once you get some momentum going with creation, it's easier for other people to jump on board and create and do new things, you know? So for sure. And
0: that's, that's really the kind of vision behind this podcast Mm -hmm. is to like, for me personally, I get most excited, like I said before about the creative and process of building and creating something like, and it's funny, my wife and I, a few years ago, we'd been married for a while and she, we had a conversation and she's like, I finally figured out kind of like what's been the problem not that it was a big problem. Yeah. She's like you get to like 3 quarters of the way and you've already <laughs> done all of your your, you know, part, yeah. your part in it and you're on to the next thing and I'm like what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So it's almost been somewhat to our detriment at times is like I love that process so much. So we were thinking about doing a podcast so I'm like I want to hear other people's stories of mm. like what did you create? What did you build? How did you do it? Why? What was the process? Because not only do I love doing that, but I love hearing other people's. And because I, for me, it's been so many things that I've done, or even an idea. Like, I very rarely have an idea that's unique or mm-hmm, original. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, there's only so many things we can do at this point in the world. Everything right? is like, a remix, dude. Yeah, everything's a remix. So it's like, I'll see something, I'm like, oh, like that's amazing. But if you do it like this, or mm-hmm. you do this to it and you add this to it. So, so really with this podcast, so I'm it to be focusing on Inland Empire. Most people are from Riverside and Redlands yeah, because yeah. that's where we're connected right now. But, but yeah, that's the vision because, like you said, it it that's the spark that will inspire the next person to do that. That's going to affect that. Totally, dude. And, and being gone for like twenty years from Riverside and coming back, it was just amazing to see to see the difference. And totally. It's like, not that people were getting a ton of tattoos in the nineties when I was here, but. For sure, they weren't putting rain crosses on. I, I their, know, exactly. Well, you,
1: you know what's so funny? This is this what um, – so I've talked about this with, with uh, one of my business partners a whole bunch. Like I'm sitting here looking at your hat, right? Mm. You got the LA on your head. I'm like what is it going to take for – like that? this is a vision I have 20, 20 years from now is like I don't know if it's going to be the rain cross or R or whatever. But like how can we get that amount of pride? Because what's, so cool, what's so cool about LA is like we're here – if we were to get on the freeway right now, it would take us an hour and a half to get to Los Angeles proper. Yeah. Um And that's even with like lighter COVID related traffic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if we were to get on uh, any other time of the year, it'd take it could take even longer to get to LA proper. But you see LA hats all over the place where we're at, because there's this, there's this huge sense of pride around that. And mm-hmm. what's interesting is like, um, Redlands people or Ontario upland Colton people—they don't have like this Riverside thing, mm, even though Riverside County is a part a part of what they're at. And like that's a goal that I have of is figuring out what how can Riverside be um, be a source of uh, pride and. Uh, I don't know, like identification, right? For people who live in, even if they don't live in the city proper, but live in the area. Yeah. Um. So that's that's like a goal that I have. I think it's going to take a lot of work, and honestly, maybe a professional sports team. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, who, who knows how that's going to work out, but something along those lines to help us grow and build that community around where we're at. And that's honestly one of the things I love about the Los Angeles Dodgers is that like, it's literally LA dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, that's, that's the logo that you see on people's hats. Like yeah. they're Dodgers fans. You see the LA, you don't see like the, I don't even, I should know this. Cause I literally own a brand communication studio. I don't even know aside from LA, like, do the Dodgers have a logo? I'm so bad at sports and stuff. There's so a I, D. I have no. Like, oh yeah. yeah. I think I was like, they have yeah. some sort of thing. like, but <laughs> that's getting confused in my head with like the Disney D with the right. Line. I right. don't know what it Similar. is. Similar. Yeah. But like, this is the one, this is the thing that people roll with. So yeah. I it don't would, know. we'll
0: see. It would be nice if you, stare at a football team. I think that would,
1: Oh yeah, that could totally, that would do a lot. You know, um, council member Melendres, he's ward two. He just ran for mayor. Um, one of my favorite things that he's tried, he's really worked on is to try and get us a, um, a soccer team um and get a field i think where the field that he's been trying to get it built is in they call the north side of riverside off main street Mm -hmm. um the other side of downtown um it's actually they had the ayso soccer fields was where we would play soccer when i was a kid it's kind of off the 60 freeway We had the main uh, ayso fields yeah yeah yeah, those old ones i played at those yeah exactly so i think out there is where is where probably the biggest place where you could build something like that would be. Dude, let's not even joke, dude. That would take, at the very minimum, a couple hundred million dollars, maybe a freaking billion. I don't know how much it would take to build something like that. Yeah. Do you Um, you remember
0: those ASO fields, those big, like, telephone poles that are like, I might not remember, that are, like, lining the parking spots? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah i re i was there the day they put those in oh right. Really? My, my dad was like one of the main coaches back oh, then. this was yeah, like dude. 80s oh yeah yeah um dude. and i remember like but if we did it can
1: you imagine if we could get us uh, like a legit decent-sized soccer stadium and i think so i love th- that idea not only okay first of all um soccer is cool uh it's it's really really fun it continues to grow in popularity um riverside has this huge latinx hit uh community that's Big part of soccer. southern california Big time. right like that it would be and that's like a part of that uh, it, there's a ton of soccer um i guess it, football around the world like in south america mexico all yeah. that stuff like it'd be such a it'd be such a really cool um win for the community i, I gotta look into it i know that we've got a contract with some team i can't remember what it is but if we could figure out a way to get a stadium like that in there dude it'd be so rad um it'd, a local football packed. team would be cool. Cool. when i was a kid so we actually i grew up um by the baseball fields that are down by RCC and my mm-hmm. parents backyard kind of like you go down some hills and then they could open up the gate we could walk into the baseball fields but yeah. i actually grew up going to the RCC tigers football um football games yeah, and went, at went the, the time dude the tigers were um they are really, really good. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get into football until I was older, and then I don't watch as much as I do now because I got a job working at a church <laughs> for a while. And when you work on Sundays, you don't watch football. I don't work there anymore, but I fell out of the habit. And um, But there's a football for dummies, and the community college section of football for dummies, like the chapter about that is all about the RCC Tigers, right? Okay. <laughs> Tells the story there. And, you know, the Tigers have been really successful. Um, that I think they just won the state or now, i don't know they, they did yeah, yeah yeah like last year exactly yeah yeah exactly dude so some of that stuff if there's a way to figure out how to build momentum on there it's gonna come did ucr
0: used to have a soccer team
1: dude i don't know enough about uc yeah. riverside because my dad my family was rcc i was like yeah. meh, on ucr so they don't but even I've been have paying it. attention more
0: they didn't even have a soccer team that's surprising i mean it's, I not, gotta look it's not surprising i, guess, I gotta look but.
1: into that one that yeah, one's that, outside my post my that one's above my pay grade.
0: yeah but that would be huge because like we're when we were in north carolina we were just outside raleigh a small mm-hmm. town called Cary, and they had they weren't mls soccer they were like the second tier uh-huh. um and they had a brand new big stadium and a team and it's like no one was ever in the stands you know, i know dude. North, but yeah. here if he, you, oh dude if we had that here if you yes. had that in riverside uh-huh it, it would be packed.
1: Yeah, you know? dude. Foot, foot, foot or soccer is like a big enough deal. Like it's not just the latino's community. There's like lots of people that really, really are super into soccer. Like, yeah. um mm. I you know I know people who are season pass well, you know pre COVID for the L.A. Football Club mm-hmm. um that opened up. I think yeah. they're like two years old or something. I don't know. um There's been a ton of excitement for they call them the Angel Wings or something like that. The Angel, the new female soccer um right. team that's out of L.A. Like, dude. Exactly. If we could get that going, oh, that'd be awesome. So yeah. we'll see. We'll see.
0: So tell me about... So I want to obviously talk about the Raincross Gazette but, yeah. and you have a media company that you mm-hmm, run mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. What were you doing before
1: that? Okay, so... Um, build up to that. Yeah, totally. So I... My first job, like job job, I worked for Riverside City College um, and was like a computer lab person. I was like a computer nerd and I literally started working there right out of high school. Um, actually... I mean, the statute of limitations on this is probably long enough that they can say this. I started working there before I turned 18 – um, they hired me and then I just didn't get paid. Cause it was, you have to be an adult to work for the state or whatever. Yeah. Um, so then after I turned 18, I'd been working there for like five months or something. And then they just rounded up all my hours and paid me, but I was, you know, I was living with my parents. So it was totally fine. Yeah. Um, and my dad just like paid me a hundred bucks a month and he's like, you can pay me back once they start paying you. <laughs> so I did that. And then through there, I learned a lot about computers. I was already kind of a computer nerd, grew that up and started um teaching workshops and stuff for faculty on this was like before you know everybody even if even non-covid times every fat every faculty has class online right you go through a tool called like blackboard or canvas and all your stuff's online that's how you turn yeah. in your assignments that stuff was just coming online in the early early 2000s and i was like training faculty members at the city college. How do you do PowerPoint presentations? How do you teach online? Blah, blah, blah. So from there, yeah, exactly. (laughs) From there, that kind of grew and I got into design and I started just doing design work on the side as an independent person. And then, um, I quit that job and started just working as a web designer, freelance, independent on my own, did a lot of work for like software companies in Irvine area, like Orange County. Yeah, Uh, That Irvine area is actually like a little miniature Silicon Valley. There's a lot of major software um, companies in the Orange County area. So I started doing a lot of that there and that's where I got pretty successful. Um, and the whole time I I was going to a church called Sandals Church, Mm -hmm. um, which is pretty big in Riverside. I think they got like 16,000 people all show up on the weekends or something. And, um, that's where I met my wife. We got married and eventually I went on staff there, um, and ended up being on staff at that church for almost 10 years as the marketing communications director. Um, and, um, had a great time there. It was really fun and got to do like a lot of communication stuff. That's why I'm like, you know, put me in front of a microphone. That's a little bit of trouble, you know? Um, Cause I used to be in front of microphones all the time. Now I have all this pent up energy. That's like, where I have, how come I wasn't in the podcast studio this week? Um, And then my wife could tell I was getting restless because I'm just a hardwired entrepreneur. I always had been. Even when I worked for the church, I still worked and kept my business going. So, like, my two days a week off were um, Wednesdays and Fridays. And I would be – I had a home office that I would work at. And I continued to build my software uh, and web development company um, and did marketing and blah, 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 blah. And my my wife could tell several years ago she was like – so are you going to, you're going to quit your job and go back to like your, your own business. And, I, and I was like, yeah, I think so. This is like one night we're sitting out on the back patio or something. I don't know, maybe laying, laying in bed and can't fall asleep. And she's like, are you going to do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And she goes, okay, I thought so. Um, could you do that while you're still in your thirties and not in your forties? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? That's actually a totally fair request. So honestly, within like three, three months of that conversation, I quit my job um and i quit with um three of my coworkers so i was a marketing communications director my business partner he was my boss at the time the creative director of the church our operations and um we have a other business that's run th- th- by t- two rad ladies that also worked with us in our department we all kind of quit our jobs together and um started a new business and we run a creative and communications agency and uh basically build other businesses right so like what we're doing with raincross gazette we're building a business and we want to see that run succeed and thrive yeah um and you remember how you said like you want to build something but don't you're going to bail at like 75 percent? i'm going to make sure that the, i'm going to see this thing all the way through but like um i'm not going to be the editor-in-chief of the raincross gazette where i'm trying to build a team of really incredible journalists and yeah. then one of them is going to rise to the to the top and they're going to become the editor in chief and they're going to run this thing and build it. Yeah. And we'll, we will manage it. And, uh, as a business, but that's what we're going to do. We own that. Um, Axe Throwing Place, I was talking to you about. Um, That's shut down now because of COVID, although we're working on some stuff with another great spot downtown uh, that hopefully we can get a permanent venue for that going. Nice. Um, We have so many other businesses that we want to (laughs) create that we're just like slowing down. But in the meantime, we do communications and creative strategy, design work, brand identity, all that stuff. Um, What's the name of that, of your media company? um, Currently, we're called Black Roses, but there's going to be a name change coming soon because it's a little bit confusing because Black Roses is (laughs) – the company that's gonna kind of owns the other companies. We also own another business. So one of my business partners, her name is Maria. She's the president of Legible. org, and Legible does all this creative, strategic communications work that we do just for churches. Um, Nonprofits, faith-based uh, organizations like that as well. Yeah. And what we try and do there is serve those communities, like the nonprofit communities or whatever, at a um, way lower rate than we do, like the business community or whatever, so that we yeah. can pour into the cool things that That's they're awesome. doing for the community. So, kind of our long-term <clears throat> vision is that we're building up um, businesses that fund um, this other business that serves nonprofits you know, faith-based organizations, stuff yeah. like that, that yeah. does some cool things. And, um, yeah, so there's a bunch that goes into that. So with, with black roses, we do a lot of creative strategy, communication strategy. We love doing like our, our, uh, wheelhouse, like the place where we're magic is in this idea of helping create brands that can be a foundation for a business. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we so go important. through the, the naming process. We go through F- for us, we do, um, uh, couple different things we could we go through this really intentional vision and values um process that we've my partner co-founder dex uh, alexander he's developed um we go through this voice and tone process where we help business owners figure out like what is this thing that you want to do and how do we um codify that so and and get it documented so this is how you're going to operate and then from there how do you take creative whether that's design or language or whatever technology and wrap that around so that we can go after your vision that's like we we i don't want to like there's a lot of things that we do like that's that's where we're like really really good um so yeah yeah that's kind of that's kind of the whole collection of what i've been doing and what what we do one of those the extensions of what we're doing is the newspaper and we're doing that for a couple reasons one is it's a civic good like i think the people of riverside need really quality local news. Like there's crazy stuff that people think and believe about what's happening in Riverside but simply because they're uninformed, right? When there's right. a vacuum of quality information uh, or, or any information, it, it invites misinformation or uh, malinformation or whatever, you know? So I think there's a civic good, like it serves the city by cr- trying to create this thing. There's a communications good, like it can serve our clients. Like, right, if I can build the media – empire or whatever I'm not, empire sounds like i'm like an evil mastermind you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's not what I'm trying to but if i can build um the the, the media outlets right. that 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 are the way that riverside are stay informed like that serves small businesses like i was telling you about the lobby before like if you could have heard about the lobby more and more you would go there and that business would be doing better right um so that can serve uh uh, th- that's good for us. Like, as we have more clients, we can be like, "Hey, you know, let it help us. Let us help you build your business. Um, do the identity design, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. <clears throat> Guess what? We can also run that. We can promote you in these channels. Um, and then the third one is, I, I think that there's a uh, business opportunity, financial opportunity there for like local businesses. If we can get um, the residents of Riverside subscribed to this thing and they feel like there's value and um, every single morning they check their email and they want to see what the Raincross Gazette has for them to offer, and then yeah. in be- in between two short but really helpful stories, there's an advertisement for I don't know, uh, Altura Credit Union opening, you know, does something cool new for the residents of Riverside fi- with their financials, or there's a cool new restaurant or whatever, like as a local business owner i think you would want to pay to get your uh, you get your thing in front of the eyes of the people maybe specifically on the exact day that you want them to see it you know what i mean yeah um so i think there's financial opportunity for businesses as well and that's kind of what we're trying to build is this thing that serves the city serves businesses and kind of goes from there so right
0: now you guys are doing twice a week right yeah tuesdays thursdays yeah
1: tuesdays and thursdays we got one person that's um She's part-time right now. And I'm hoping, so getting into news is tricky, dude. Like it's tricky um, to just ask our insurance agent. Okay. We're, (laughs) we're, we're trying to like, we're trying to do everything by the books. You know what I'm saying? Like getting, you know, get insurance for the new uh, company and all those things. And we're having to, you know, make some changes there. Starting a news business is tricky. And, what we want to do though, is, is is grow over time. Right now we've got somebody hired part-time. and the re- oh the reason I was saying this is tricky is we're, we're trying to directly tie the size of our business or the size of the newspaper to subscription revenue. Mm-hmm. The, like it, just zoom out from Riverside and talk about nation, nationwide as a whole. Freaking America is struggling right now. Like, it's not an exaggeration to say, like, our country is hurting, you know, uh, or our country's at, like, a bit of a breaking point. Um, like and mm-hmm. I'm not trying to just be hyperbolic there. I think that's true. Like, there's, like, you know, it's craziness. Whether you're um, on the left, on the right, or I'm I'm, like, a rabid centrist. I'm, like, right in the middle and whatever. There's all kinds of different places you can be politically. It doesn't matter where you are. You can totally acknowledge that. That the entire media structure of our country right now is making money off of the off of like enragement, right? And, um, you know, help speaking into a bunch of people who are think the way that this news publication does. So, a lot of people have a skepticism about news, right? So, as we try and build our newspaper, I'm trying to like, I want it to be trustworthy and dependable for the residents of Riverside. So we have to really, really, really maintain the fact that we are not presenting some ideology. We are neutral. We're in the middle of what's going on here. Um, We're just telling you what happened. We're not telling you how to think.
0: People are starving for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so so for us, I think one of the ways that we can do that is by creating a business that we're not – making money off of advertising dollars we're going to make some but our primary revenue doesn't come from there you know i feel bad for newspapers that have been around for a long time like riverside's had a it's called the press enterprise it's been around for i think 143 144 years that's an incredible legacy that's like a multi-generational business but the internet came hello that changed a freaking lot of things um you know, the press enterprise used to have, like, a the monopoly on keeping people in Riverside informed, right? If you wanted to know what happened um, in politics when I was a kid growing up, uh, if you want to know what happened with the president, you had to wake up and read the press enterprise. The section A was national global news. Then yep. you get section B, local news. Well, once the internet changes and you can just open up your computer and you can read the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, the Los Angeles Times, whatever um, – these people are, they're literally in Washington, D.C. They're covering um, national news way better than just somebody from the press enterprise would be. Yeah. So yeah. they're losing the, um, the dominance for, like, being the monopoly on what people in a community would, would have to um, learn from. And then because they had the monopoly on where people would go to stay informed, they also had, like, classifieds, advertisements, all that stuff. All that money was pouring into newspapers. They built these really big businesses really huge infrastructures not just around the technological but around like dude it was cool man when i was growing up like they were reporting on high school games you know like they had de- reporters dedicated high school sports that's awesome
0: oh yeah i played <clears throat> i uh, played soccer and then i played football at north i was a field goal kicker did you guys so, ever get in the press enterprise or whatever oh, yeah you know every what? every saturday morning like i was up to get the paper to exactly. see if my like i kicked two field goals it's like how ma- is name? my name in it exactly oh, yeah. exactly Big time. right so, i still have all
1: hopefully ones. we can get go- Dude, that's rad. Hopefully, yeah. we can build up into that momentum. But for us, we're trying to do it based on – we're not going to build this infrastructure based on advertising dollars. So we're not incentivized to try and, like, get some article that a 1,000 people are going to click through because it says, you know, like, I don't know, something sensational about the mayor or some city council person. Yeah. Nope. We just want to in, uh, inform people by presenting really, really, really good news. And then we're going to hire people in accordance to um, – the amount of revenue that we have for subscribers and sorry, you just said you're publishing on Tuesday and Thursdays. And then I talked for like eight minutes, but yeah. No. So, no. so right now we got one girl, she's awesome. She used to be a student at Cal Baptist university. Um, and, uh, then she also, and she worked at the paper there, the campus paper, and then she worked for another, uh, they're called the daily journal based out of LA. Um, and she's great and she's helping us get going. We're writing on Tuesdays and Thursday mornings as we build our reputation. Right now we're like literally hunting down. Like we, we were looking at the city council agenda. This is our first week. We've published two editions so far. And on Monday she and I, we literally pulled up like all the publicly available information. Like what is city council talking about this week Yeah, based on what I know about the city. Um, we were like, okay, we think these are the things that are important that are happening. Um, And then, you know, like Wednesday, our local congressman, Mark Takano, he announced... Because this happened on Tuesday, Donald Trump signed a bill that changed uh, the name of our main post office to honor this incredible lady named Woody Rucker Hughes, who's a civil rights icon for people that have grown up in Riverside. So that happened on Wednesday. We're like, all right, let's make this the thing that happened, the story that we tell on Thursday. Over time, as we can try and grow, you know, we can try and grow and we have a couple more people on staff. We We want to be able to like do investigative stories that help people in the city of Riverside. Hopefully people will know and trust us more and be like submitting stories to us. And we want to get to a place where we can like pick and choose like what stories are we going to cover and how can we, I want to be in this place where we can pick and choose the most important stuff for Riversiders. Whereas like right now we're kind of like, you know, trying to dig up the stuff that people <laughs> will be interested in. Yeah. Um, but we'll get there Tuesdays and Thursdays. We want to add um, Wednesdays. Well, so we'll probably go Tuesday, and Wednesday, Thursday. And, but eventually we'll do like probably six days a week. And then um, right now it's email only. Eventually, we're going to build a website for our subscribers. They can go back and they can get all the archives and stuff just like you can with any other – oops. Yeah. Sorry for the microphone hit. If you just were like driving and then you <laughs> pulled over, I hit the microphone because I talk with my hands. Um, but we're going to do all that really, really slowly because we need to build based on what we can afford so that we don't end up in a really bad financial decision which would make us which would increase the likelihood that we would make bad editorial news decisions so the main most important thing is that we got to think we're trying to build something that's going to last for 143 years um the way to do that is stay neutral stay middle build trust become the most dependable reliable source for people who care about what's going on in riverside and and build on top of that so we're going to play a long 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 game
0: yeah well it's so smart because i think the quickest way to to compromise your mission and the heart of what you're doing is to overextend yourself and then be forced to do something that goes against your mission or your heart yeah, because yeah, you totally. overext- that's totally. super smart. And th-
1: I mean, that's just, know. I mean, that's what happened to I feel, honestly, I feel bad for, like, I love the press enterprise. Like, I, I, I grew up kind of being like, maybe I could be a reporter for them someday, you know, like, yeah. sadly, they just, they did not adapt and evolve. The leadership didn't understand what was going on. A lot of things changed around them. Um, I mean, I think they could have survived. They could have, like, Ten years ago, they should have said, "Okay, forget this. Forget trying to do what we've been doing. We need to double down on what we're doing. We're we're already losing money, and we've had to lay off all these people. Like, let's make some real hard decisions, and let's whittle our team down, and let's stay local and focus on local." And they could have made they they could have figured out a way to make that work. They didn't. Yeah. Um, totally fine. That was their that was their leadership prerogative. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to stay local. Uh, you know, we're talking about Inland Empire creators. I've thought, like, if this thing is really successful, would it be – should we cover Redlands? Should we cover uh, – I don't know. That, I think that's an interesting question. But right now we're, like, really, really focused on we want to cover the heck out of what's going on in Riverside. Yeah. And I would I would love to be in a situation where, like, two years from now, Redlands is like, can you guys write stories about us? And I'd be like, and then maybe we can spin up a separate independent one. That's like just for Redlands and kind of build and serve the community that way. But yeah, either way, local is going to be the way to go, you know, right. Cause the internet is so insane, right. That the amount of information is unlimited and the most successful any place on the internet is like built around a community, whether that's, um, Right. Real estate professionals or whatever, niching in on specific community. Right there. There are major there, there are people whose full time job it is to podcast about Star Wars, freaking the Mandalorian. I know this because mm-hmm. I listen to every single Mandalorian podcast that is out there <laughs> and I'm looking for those Easter eggs and for right. all that stuff. Right. <laughs> if you can find the community that cares about what you are talking about, um, you will you can be successful and you can build a business around that. OK, I think that for us is just going to be local what's happening in Riverside, so.
0: No, it's, it's perfect. I mean, Riverside, even if I look at all the places in the Inland Empire, you know, even just based on the conversation we had at the beginning, like, that's the best place to do it. And then, obviously, with your history and background and passion, I mean, it... It, I'm, I'm excited to... to Thanks, see man. Yeah, yeah. We and,
1: got the... It's the county seat. Like, the county's name, Riverside. Like, cool. That's yeah. rad, dude. I like that, dude. Palm Springs is awesome. That's my wife and I. We love to go to Palm Springs for vacation. Yeah. Cause we have four kids, so we can drop them off with <laughs> the grandparents. And then get in the car and then like 45 minutes later we're a whole new world you know freaking aladdin and jasmine style. it's a whole new world no <laughs> yeah. children anywhere i love palm springs palm springs though they're in riverside county that's right this is not palm springs county this right. is riverside county right. uh, you know we got the county he- the county headquarters is in is in riverside city you know everything happens there um it's the biggest city um i think uh, ontario has a lot of money because of the airport um but i think it's uh, and then the airport also has um you know, all the infrastructure shipping and warehouses and stuff. Yeah. But in terms of like revenue and how money moves around, Riverside's a big deal. And I think it can build up and hopefully serve the greater community eventually, but we'll have to get to I that. I
0: think the thing I'm, that really excites me about what you're doing is that you're the kind of mission behind it, an approach to like, to not obviously have an agenda mm-hmm. on one side or another, but to really just, Hey, these are the stories, these are the facts and to present them which is hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Antonio and I were talking before you came in, we're with everything that's happened this week and the Capitol and, election yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. And, and we were having, like you said, just being a hardcore down the middle. It's like, that's where I am. Like mm-hmm. if I were to get on Facebook and to just really kind of, which I don't do, like I'm going to put yeah, yeah. my belief and all this stuff, what's going on, I would probably piss off both sides. That's what I do. You know? I,
1: I've stopped posting about this stuff on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what I do. Yeah. And that's actually how I know I feel pretty good about myself <laughs> is I got people like yelling at me from over here and from other, from both ends being like, ah oh, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally, totally, totally. So I it
0: excites me because especially knowing that that's where you're at, like I totally identify mm-hmm. with that. And so for me, like a lot of, I mean, all this stuff going on with Twitter and Facebook mm-hmm. and censorship and all like yeah depending regardless of where your belief is yeah. in it like for me someone that's in the middle like i i don't really have it. my only agenda is i just want to know what, what the truth is and i want to totally. know what the facts are and then we can make up our mind and you know yeah that, dude. and what's beautiful misery. when
1: you go back to that question you asked at the very beginning like what's changed with the riverside i really truly think um business has the power to change people's lives mm. um Um, you don't, it doesn't even have to be like a pure minded business, you know, like one of my favorite brands out there is Patagonia. Absolutely love them. Um, you know, I talk about this all the time when I'm talking about the importance of branding Patagonia. How long can I, can I keep talking by the way? Like if I, like, is this like a 15 minute show and you're like, (laughs) Oh my gosh, I got to cut this up into 12 episodes and release it over a month.
0: Usually go like at least an hour. Okay. okay.
1: Um, Patagonia is one of my favorite brands out there. And I got a black puffy jacket from Patagonia. It says Patagonia right there. Yeah. Prior to Patagonia, I would never... And I guess Levi's is the only other exception for <laughs> what brands do I allow to be put on my body. So, like you saw, I'm OCD about this stuff. Yeah. I had to unpull. You guys have no idea what kind of water bottle I'm drinking, but you know, you know, it's Aquafina. It's the best. Um, so, I would never put labels on my body. I just was like not into that at all. Partially because yeah. I, was, I was a middle class kid who grew up at a super rich high school. I was at the... We were wealthy when I look back now, um, but we were at the very bottom end of the incomes of the high school that I grew up at. And all these kids had way nicer stuff than me. So anyways, I had this aversion of labels and stuff. As I got way more and more into Patagonia, um, it's like, okay, I bought a black jacket, $279 for this jacket, right? May, may, maybe more, I don't know what it was. I could go get a black puffy jacket at Target and maybe... <laughs> If I got the nicest one Target had, it'd be like fifty nine dollars or something, yeah. right? So I'm paying well, well, well over two hundred additional dollars for this. Why? A couple of reasons. One, they have built a brand that Patagonia says we are in business to save our planet. That's what Patagonia stands for. They've got a noble purpose with their business. Um, so as a consumer, I know two things. All right. They're in businesses, uh, save the planet. Two things. One, this jacket is probably higher quality than the jacket that I get 50 for 59 bucks Mm -hmm. at, um, uh, target because they want it to last. Um, and then number two is right. It's probably higher quality, but it, probably very slim chances two hundred and twenty dollars worth of higher quality than the target jacket. You know what I'm saying? It's maybe forty dollars worth of higher quality. Um what are they doing with all that profit? Well they reinvest it into the planet, right? Into sustainability efforts and all that's something I can get I can get down. I can get behind, right? So they're they're a business that's that I would consider like their um They've got a clear vision. They've picked a fight. They've said where, and they picked a fight. Like, dude, they literally some of the Patagonia stuff. You look inside the labels, and it says, um, "What vote the vote the bastards out" or something. Like, and it's like because they're they're like rabidly that. against climate change deniers or whatever because yep. they're such a global environmentally focused company. Anyways, their company that like I think that what they're doing is noble and good, right? Um, the mission in. They weren't setting out to save the planet when they started the mission in, they were trying to make some freaking money by taking a dilapidated um, building that had some cool historical character, investing in it, turning it into a hotel, and cha-ching, earn on that. Robert's family has been very, very successful making money <laughs> off of that investment, right? They're trying to buy cheap and then make some money. Yeah. Not necessarily the most noble of intentions, but guess what? It's completely changed the community and the environment. It's changed the quality of life. It's given, um, you know, it's created a really great downtown environment and a place for me and my family to go walk at Christmas time in the city that we love and live. It's given me, um, you know, it's created the place where really nice quality restaurants go for us to have date nights, right? Right. I really think, um, as long as it's not like some businesses obviously can be detrimental, but I really think businesses can improve quality of life. And, um, that I think is part of what, what can happen when you're talking about, yeah, building something that's neutral, just tell the truth. Yes. And that is the foundation for building a business that can both financially and then also by getting rid of the vacuum, um, and putting actual truth out there it can eliminate some of the hate the tension the the fighting that happens and like, listen, if there's going to be division and political sides, let's leave that crap at the national level. Yeah. We don't need to have that kind of hatred happening here in the local level. Right. Our issues, we have way more in common as riversiders than we do um, different. Let's like, let's look past ideologies and really, really look at what's the common ground here. You know, like, I think um, you can be like a more conservative-leaning person and get excited about business development happening in the city of Riverside. Um, And you can be a more liberal-leaning person and get excited about those because both of those can create the context for addressing homelessness in the city. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it doesn't matter where your ideology comes from. There's actually some middle grounds on issues that are really specifically happening locally that – Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, if we get the truth out there, we eliminate the vacuum because mm-hmm. the vacuum is where all kinds of BS happens, and that's what I'm trying to do is like see if we can get rid of that vacuum of information.
0: Yeah, I mean, I see it really being a a, sor- a thing and a source that could bring people together. You mm-hmm. know that yeah, dude. That totally. we have this common agenda. We live here. We're invested here. Our livelihood is here. My identity. Everyone's to to a certain extent, their identity is wrapped totally. up in here. Yeah, dude. So, yeah. yeah,
1: my big my big challenge right now. I'm trying to you know it's like we just launched. How do we get the word out? How do we get more people to know about this? Right now we're only average. You know we're only really communicating it digitally through Instagram, Facebook, etc. I need to figure out a way like to get the real world, like the people that don't know, to know about this. Yeah, I need to figure out a way to get them. Um, you know, people who still subscribe to the Press Enterprise, even though you're more likely to open it up and read a story about you know, downtown Disneyland and their <laughs> mask policies during COVID than you are the actual budget crisis that the city is facing. Right. Um, you know, I need to figure out a way to advertise and communicate and get to those people. And we're starting from scratch. We got next to no money because we're building, I mean, we're bootstrapping this thing. Um, so yeah, we're, 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 figuring it out, but that's fun. That's the part I like the building yeah. the business side of it, the problem solving, the creating, et cetera, et cetera. So it's cool, man. Do you think you guys will always stay just digital? Uh, man, you know, what's so funny. One of my good friends, he subscribed this morning. He's like, well, how come I didn't get a paper yet? And I was like, all right, dude, I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna print it and I'll drop it off in your mailbox tomorrow morning. You can have, yeah. you can have Thursday's edition on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, I, I've thought about that. I, uh, well, okay. When I say I've thought about it, I mean, I've spent like probably 25 minutes thinking about this over various, I don't know, there's too much information over various Shower break, you know, like I'm in the shower thinking about that. I don't know how much you do. I used to – my wife won't let me now because we just moved, but I used to have like a little waterproof whiteboard in the shower. Oh, like nice.
0: I need one of those. You, yeah. Well,
1: I get – you know, like my kids aren't going to come in there. You get the warmth and then you get the – that white noise. And then I'm like, oh, best ideas. I've, I've thought about that. I, I think dig, staying digital is the way to stay because it um, would – it's 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 the most economical right it's scalable it allows us to be timely all those kinds of things yeah um by the time we could afford to figure out how to like by the time we could think about affording how to be non-digital i think by that point most of the people who would want us to be in the analog world might have died <laughs> i'm sorry i'm to figure out a nicer way to say that as i was saying it um that's definitely where we're headed yeah exactly yeah, yeah. so I, i'm pretty sure we'll always stay digital um but i think there's a ton of room to grow inside there right like i actually yeah. think there's room for podcasts just like this that are a part of the raincross gazette media network um that are about riverside you know like maybe there could be one that's specifically focused on education in riverside um, i think there's room for dude this is this is what's so wild YouTube is insane in my family. My oldest boys, I got four kids. My boys are nine and 11. We, We subscribe to YouTube channels together, right? We sit down on Friday nights and we watch a show called How Ridiculous on YouTube. It's like three freaking dumb, hilarious Australian dudes dropping... Um, balloons off of a really high tower. It's so fun. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Okay. Those guys are When great. I was a kid, I used to watch <laughs> TGIF, you know, Boy Meets World <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Um, but so, so, anyways, YouTube is changing things. Like, I think there's a chance for. Um, there could be video based news, um, that happens. Um, there could be, there could be shows like journalistic shows, like, Hey, we're going to go, we're going to write a story. Like I was telling you about Condren coffee. You gotta go. It's so good. And they got like tons of different drinks, right? Why not? Why not have like a. 10 to 15 minute episode where we go to Condra and you hear a little bit about the story you learn from one of their baristas you see oh yeah here's this cool new drink that we made for dude they had this crazy drink at Christmas time I don't even remember what they called it but they took like boba balls yeah um, I don't even know what boba well I don't know they take these boba balls they put them in a crock pot overnight <laughs> with some hot water and some old coffee grinds And then they wake up the next morning and they're like black and dark and then they would drop those into this cold brew coffee with this, uh, I don't know what you, pumpkin spice, fall seasoning, not pumpkin spice, but something along those lines. It was the weirdest drink I ever had in my life because it was a cold drink with with fally flavors and then all of a sudden you get this hot boom ball popping into your mouth with strong coffee flavors. It was so weird, but it was so is good. Is it just a seasonal thing, or yeah, that, yeah, they don't they don't have it yeah. right now. Right now, they're on some new thing called Golden Milk or something. Have you like, been there, Antonio? No, but I've heard. You me. know what? Yeah. Gold. I think Golden Milk is chai based. And you were telling me chai okay. before. You gotta try it. Try it out. Yeah. Okay. Why not? How how cool would it be to like let's hear from the barista who came up with this crazy idea. Let's see how they make this. Let's show this to a couple well i don't know 10 50 100,000 people of the, that live in and around this area and expose it like that's cool like mm-hmm. on, that's, yeah. that's, that's that's incredible creativity happening in there yeah. um you know i've learned so much by getting involved in the local chamber of commerce in the city of riverside there's a business that's been around in riverside for a long time called borns engineering they have got parts that are that are in um, the space shuttles that are in yeah. satellites that are in air force ship, air force what do you call planes yeah. okay <laughs> <laughs> flying if, if things. anyone yeah if anyone for a second was like maybe this guy seems smart nah dude he doesn't even know what stuff that flies through the air is called in Air Force things right there's a huge like let's go learn from them like let's go hear their story a little bit there's yep. there's really cool There are incredible artists that are based in Riverside um that one lady Etta James who sang uh last that lady she died in Riverside like there's oh, really? incredible artists like yeah she's she's I think she ended her life or not ended her life that sounds like suicide but like she moved to and like lived the rest of her life i think she was in the woodcrest area there's just cool stuff that's happening in and around the area of riverside yeah we can we can we don't have to go analog although i do think that there's some benefit of analog stuff we don't have to entirely go analog but maybe we could like what if you know you got you guys run a magazine um you know, I already told you, so don't feel threatened by this. So take 10 years at the bare minimum before we could even think about going at a log. But like maybe there's room for a once a month, you know, kind of magazine style piece that's more of the here's here's some stuff for, for people who want to take a break. I don't know, especially as we – who knows what the future is going to look like, man. Maybe there's going to be a point where we're like so sick of spending time in the digital world that – that analog makes an even bigger resurgence. Like right now, analog stuff like books, I feel like they're kind of hanging on. Like I'm looking behind you and I'm just like, dude, this guy's got freaking tapes and CDs. (laughs) I don't know when the last time I saw a CD was, I'll be honest with you. And we got some tapes of freaking boys to men. Oh my gosh, Motown (laughs) Philly back again. is sitting right over there in the corner. Dude, what what, what if 15 to 20 years from now, my kids are like, oh, I want to read a book. You know what I'm saying? They don't want to read on a freaking tablet or something. And dude, the future is it's wild to think about. So yeah, I think there's room for stuff that could happen in the analog, but it's going to have to be tied to the world to, to, to what makes financial sense and what serves the community. So,
0: yeah. And the video aspect is just so great. Like you were talking about, so like with this podcast, as we're developing it, um, I just
1: realized this is a video show, huh? Yeah. there's a, so yep. yeah okay, there's a camera, <laughs> and then you acknowledge Antonio in the corner. I was like, yeah. oh, he's. I just thought you were a silent partner over there in the corner, and then you like said his name on the show, and I was like, oh, I could have been no- acknowledging you before. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> right.
0: So we like, Ural Brewery, brewing. Uh, in oh yeah Side. yeah yeah. Um, they
1: actually make beers for Glass Ranch. Have yeah. You had theirs. Oh yeah.
0: So we had Glass Ranch on. Um, oh cool. And then I didn't know that they were doing beer. so that came up, and mm-hmm. then so then they connected us with Ural, so we had them on the podcast, and we went out. There, they gave us a tour and oh, a video because yeah. we do a personal vlog as well. Mm-hmm. My wife is normally here, but um, she she couldn't make it today. Fair but enough. we do a we do a vlog that is kind of like about us and the magazine, everything we do. We uh-huh, do a vlog uh-huh. about it, um, and so we started doing with the podcast to kind of bring more video into it. So we went over to URL and they gave us a tour, and and, yeah. then, and then we did that as the intro to the podcast. So, oh, but yeah. I think I think there's so much even like with what you were talking about with what you're doing and and adding video and podcasts. totally there's uh, there's
1: a ton of opportunity people would yeah and i think and again yeah, all that stuff pours back into uh supports business supports local community it builds pride all that kind of stuff dude you know like um w- w- my wife and i we love craft beers and me a little bit more than her as you can tell i yeah. <laughs> i got thick and she's real skinny she she tolerates my craft beer obsession but we love to like drive down to the anaheim area or whatever and go to um, the brewery B R U E R Y and Bottle Logic; those are two great breweries we love to go to, and they're close enough it can be kind of a date afternoon. Yeah. Although you got to stop drinking at the first one long enough before you drive the two miles to the <laughs> other one. But anyways, like um, you know, these are world renowned, really incredible breweries. Guess what? That stuff's happening here in Riverside with your ale over there off is it Chicago and Spruce, mm-hmm. um, and then Route Thirty, which is based off Indiana. Um, you know riverside dude we're coming on board we're coming up so yeah i think there's a bunch of stuff going on there and it's fun to watch these things you know yeah and who knows maybe there's going to be a, maybe, maybe my kids oh my gosh you just gave me the best idea in the world ever <laughs> you know, um what if i could what if i could create this big enough media empire that my kids could grow up and their job could be dropping things off high stuff like those australian dudes yeah <laughs> it's just like they're dro- maybe we would just be dropping things off the ucr bell tower that's there <laughs> in the middle and that's like comes out on every friday night and I'm going to go home and tell my sons that this is the potential idea I have yeah. for them. And they'll be like, yes, dad, all they want to do is be YouTube stars. That's their dream.
0: Oh, I know. That's how, that's how our kids are. Like I remember, cause at one point we were running five magazines and out in North Carolina and within the publishing world, like we were one of the top publishers nationwide and my kids, I didn't give oh, a yeah, crap about uh-huh. what we were doing. And then we started doing the vlog and uh, like a couple of our vlogs, we've got, you know, for us, a decent amount of views. us talking, talking, to my once, I'm like, "Yeah, hey, we got X amount of views on on this video." He's like, "What?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, you didn't." I'm like, "Yeah, no, we did." <laughs> and I show him. He's like, "I go, that's the first time you've been impressed with like anything I've done. I've accomplished way more than that, that in the world." Awesome. But that is awesome. So it's funny. Yeah, dude, I have
1: uh, <laughs> uh, if you if you finally want to impress your children, open an axe throwing venue. <laughs> my sons were like, "What? This is awesome!" So right after we built it, I let them come down and spend a night not spend the night, but like spend an evening for hours. They were like throwing axes and they were like, this is the coolest thing in the world. I was like, yeah, yeah dude, your daddy owns this thing. He built this <laughs> thing. My money paid for this thing. Um, and we saying that we have a, we don't, we don't really. So my wife is an artist, a painter. Like that's yeah. how she makes revenue for the family. Um, but we had a vlog going when she did a more traditional blog. Now she does artist stuff. We have one video where I built a fire pit in the backyard. I, I I'm in them two videos that have over like two hundred thousand views on both of them. Yeah. Uh, one of them is at my at that church I used to work at. Um, type in CrossFit people are crazy on YouTube uh, and then the other one is just us building a fire pit and dude every single day I, I get emails from like two or three new comments on this video and I don't even pay attention to them anymore because I don't even live at the house where I built there yeah. and people are like hating on the fact that I built a fire pit in the middle of a backyard that had wood chips all around it <laughs> and I'm like okay fine friggin fire inspector I didn't realize that's what I was doing when I was posting this video on YouTube yeah. but it's so those two videos alone are like my kids favorite things in the world because it's like our family uh has a little has a little bit of success on the internet dude they just want to be famous that's awesome it's how small. old are your kids oh dude okay uh four six nine and 11. Two girls at the bottom two boys at the top it's okay. awesome yeah dude and then i'm like a i'm a bit of a chubby when i ha- used to have hair it was brown hair chubby brown hair and my wife is a skinny blonde yeah and then i got a little mix of that for each of our kids you know what i'm saying <laughs> one of the boys is like me one of the girls is like me and then one of each of them is like their mom too so, yeah yeah four kids
0: i'm like you with the ages because like we have six kids and all the you bur- got six kids yeah All Dang, the you are handsome I can, <laughs> that makes sense all the birthdays are like at the end of the year so like from like June to January, all the birthdays. Oh, yes. So, like, we go through the birthday season and most of them are back to back. So, for a while, like, our oldest five are, well, are almost, they average like 15, 18 months apart. Mm-hmm. But there's like a window where they're like, well, I used to be able to say, well, we have a six, seven, eight, a nine year old, and a like two year old. Yeah, dude, that um, was my but favorite. Then, one, four, but the, six,
1: two, four, six, eight. That was really. Yeah.
0: And then we go through birthday season and it's like, some of them have moved and some, so Yep. it's terrible.
1: Dude, I'm so jealous that you have six kids. I wanted more. We really thought we'd have at least five, but then on the way to Kaiser with baby number four... Um, my wife started using some real strong language with me <laughs> talking like my dad who was a sailor and uh, I was like okay I can see that we're not gonna be having any more children here and she was like you can adopt a baby and all these other things I was like okay so and then you know what it's like once you've had enough babies and then my mom's mom was there oh this is going real weird on the podcast here but we're in there we had the fourth baby my mom my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law show up at this point I'm literally just wasting oxygen in the room it's like get out of here dad yeah. um, the baby's fine so I just like started wandering the halls of kaiser and i was like can i where do i go to get a vasectomy or whatever <laughs> and they wouldn't let me i was like "Can i just do this while i'm here my wife's busy Yeah, like and i'm not like, doing no, anything yeah, right now Like, no sorry yeah. sir you gotta watch some, <laughs> you gotta take a class you gotta go on our waiting list and i was like all right okay fine so yeah we're no no more no more for us but i'm you're oh, like dude i'm jealous <laughs> you got six kids
0: you're like walking down the halls where's the vasectomy room mike that's I just liter- walk dude, in and- that was literally what i was doing <laughs> i
1: i found it and then the office lady was like She's probably right. Like I, but she was like, "Are you literally?" I think she probably thought we should give this guy a vasectomy because he's so dumb that he thinks he can just come in here and get one. They're like, uh, "We normally
0: don't do this, but come on." Yeah, exactly.
1: But we can, we can. You're so dumb, you should not have any more children. Um, but yeah, I thought, I thought it would. I thought it would seem like really good timing. But yeah, and then you know, it, it's very good. My wife was. She was like, "Wait, what? Well, you tried to do what when you left the room?" She's like, "I thought you were getting me coffee and a salad." No, I was. Trying to get, trying to get fixed.
0: You're like, hey, good news! I got you coffee, and I got cut. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. And, and there'll be no more children, and you can be at peace. So yeah,
0: yeah, whatever we try. Yeah, it's uh our oldest is 21 now, which is crazy. Oh, wild! Wow. But it's work. like you go through those different phases of, you know, it's like we had a bunch of babies, and then we had a bunch of toddlers, and then a bunch of preteens and teens, and yeah, yeah. Now we have a bunch of almost adults, mm-hmm. and that's the weirdest phase for mm-hmm. sure. Is like 21, and then we have a 20 year old and 18 and 17 and 16, this, so. yeah
1: this morning i woke up and i was going to get up and uh go for a walk which i've been doing in the mornings and um i try and get up out of bed by like 4 45 but this morning i woke up and my six-year-old daughter was in there snuggling me um and she just was like so soft and like in my arms and always <laughs> and i was like this is nice and then i was like i'm just gonna literally sit here lay awake for the next 35 minutes and enjoy this because you know this is probably the last handful of times that that's going to happen with her and then I'll get a few more of those with my youngest daughter. So yeah. got I was like I just need to be present and enjoy this moment of my beautiful sleeping daughter snuggling me because one day she's going to snuggle another dude that's her husband, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I want to hug, I want to hug her and enjoy her and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Being a being a parent's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. What's well, they? you know, like as soon as you become a parent, you have the people that are further down the road from you and like oh it yeah. goes it goes by fast, and you're yep. and you're like, yeah, I believe you, but then you start to hit those milestones, you're like, oh yeah it that really does
1: mm-hmm. yeah one of one, one of my sons um he my my oldest son's eleven, and his one of his good friends just yesterday turned twelve, and his mom's like Instagram post was like beautiful and sweet, but she also said, and next year he's gonna be a teenager, and I was like, dude." I'm less than two years away from having my first teenager. I got to enjoy the heck out of the last (laughs) few months, you know, this last few little bit where my kid is a kid, you know? So
0: I had someone tell me this and it was so true and I'm now experiencing the other side of it. So someone told me when I was like at your stage where they were about to become teenagers said, okay, so your kids are going to, you're going to go through the teenage phase and some of them, maybe most of them, maybe all of them, they're, it's going to, you're going to feel like aliens came down and took their brains like, and they're not themselves. They're just, they're, they're idiot. Like they're just making decisions that, and, and at some point they will be revisited and their brains will be inserted back <laughs> into their heads and they'll be themselves again. And I feel like with, we're like at the phase now, like, okay, they're, they're coming they're back. Coming it back. was so true. Oh man. But I was glad someone told me that cause I was,
1: otherwise you just feel like a failure for a while. Yeah.
0: And it's kind of like, now I've looked back, you know how, like when you have like a, like toddlers, like I remember one time my oldest, who was probably three or four, he came into my office and he grabbed a bottle of Whiteout and he opened it uh-huh. and he realized it looked like snow. And so it was... Is Antonio... Do you all... know what
1: Whiteout is? Okay. Just, <laughs> he's pretty young. We yeah. just got to make sure. Yeah. That was like an old school reference right yeah. there.
0: So it's like all over my laptop, all over my Palm Pilot that I had like everything. You know, <laughs> do, do, do you know what Palm Pilot is? Yeah. Exactly. It was like early pre-smartphones. Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: dude. Yes. They were... They were horrible little wannabe iphone yeah wh- tiny little ipads basically
0: yeah it was basically basically a calculator and a calendar <laughs> yeah exactly and Big, you had to use a yeah, it to like use stylus yeah. it was
1: like holding three cassettes all at once <laughs> and then there's a tiny little black and white screen yeah um that was not even as good as a kindle
0: yeah so he is every, i walk in and I'm like, there's so much white i thought it was like confetti or something like what is that and it was like dry at that point um because he came in and it was all over him and i'm looking at this like three or four year old and in my mind i'm like what were, you, what were you thinking? Like, and obviously he wasn't. So it's well, like yeah, exactly they're just living that, their life, dude. That toddler <laughs> age where they're constantly making decisions. Where you're like, what were you thinking? Yeah, Te- it's like they become teenagers and they do that <laughs> again. It's like, what were you oh, thinking? Man. Yep, like,
1: yep. Well, that's why you got to build a good relationship with them before it gets there. I guess so.
0: Yeah. One of the other best pieces of advice I ever got was, um, the pastor, in I think it was South Carolina. He was talking about parenting, and I was a new dad. And he was saying the the phrase he used that stuck with me is that rules without relationship equals rebellion. Mm. And just talking about as your kids are younger, really establishing that connection and that relationship and that trust. And once they get to the point where you can reason with them and give them rules, they have that relationship. Oh, I love that. It's it's so good. So true. I love that. Those are the. My only two parenting things i ever did good. everything else i probably, <laughs> I <don't know laughs> probably me- that. messed up uh, so with the uh, i'm super excited i'm obviously going to subscribe thanks man appreciate um, it raincrossgazette.com yep. so just go to the website it's yep. the best way to do it
1: yeah raincrossgazette.com there's a big old orange subscribe button you click it five bucks a month we do a fifty dollars a year that way you can save twenty percent i think yeah two months <laughs> two months off um and uh, then we've we've got one high one high level for founders. Um, there's literally no perks other than paying fifteen hundred dollars. But that's because I know as we there are some people in Riverside that when they find out about it, they'll 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 have capacity, and that'll yeah that extra money will help us as we as for we sure. continue to grow and stuff. So yeah, dude, five bucks a month. I think that's you know most people don't pay for news anymore, but I'm hoping people will pay for this one, and we can build build off that. So
0: yeah, do you think as you kind of look at expanding what you guys are putting in it do, do you foresee ever going into like sport like you know with the press enterprise and what they oh i'd do, love like to sports do sports yeah, yeah
1: dude i, I mean dude how, how awesome would it be do you ever watch the show friday night lights on netflix that mm-hmm. the uh clear eyes full hearts can't lose like dude yeah dude, if we could if we could why not have like a, a, a i'm not really a sports person but what if we could have like a dedicated like um yeah sports for local students and like legit like you know, you can – when we talk about creating jobs and opportunity and stuff, like um, l- let me get some rad student who knows media or whatever from UCR, from RCC, and let me get, build a tiny little crew around them and let's go and let's not just record the games like with one camera up at the top of the football game like this, but like let's get down and let's get in and let's embed ourselves on a Friday night in the middle of the Ramona Rams football you know locker room follow the guys around get in there and then let's let's turn that into like a 12 minute you know montage of a thing like that that'd be awesome dude and that and that is you know help establish pride you know i was telling you about the la football club like i follow their youtube channel and they've got some yeah. real cool short little videos we would love that yeah as soon as we can afford it we're gonna go there dude we're gonna cover all that stuff and create that content that that builds the pride in the community that shares stories and like um, yeah, create, yeah. And help, help kids feel really, really successful, feel proud of the things that they're doing while they're there in high school. And if they can feel like their community loves them, their city loves them, like, um, well, maybe if they have to leave to go to college or sports or whatever, maybe they'll come back and invest, you know? Like, I know there are a couple like Major League Baseball players that live in Riverside, you know? Um, and when they're not in season, they're here. That's that's good for us. You know why? Because when they buy stuff or you know, if it's a... If, well let's just be real if their wife stays right because most mlb is all dudes um but when they buy things they're buying it in riverside so we get the tax dollars which means our kids schools get to be better and all that kind of stuff you know i know that there's a couple of like retired football players that live in the area there's a couple man i need to know sports a little bit better um what's that guy he's on the clippers right now but he just gave all these backpacks away um either of you guys know anything about basketball dang it um, not really oh dang not not current day he just they just gave bas- basket they gave backpacks to every kid in Riverside Unified School oh, really? District um they you know LA Clippers branded and yeah he he went to king high school grew up in riverside there's a couple yeah there's some like really cool sports but anyways what i'm saying is yeah if we could do that while they're in high school and then help create this affinity for them in riverside then they're going to do what you did they're going to come back they're going to grow up they're yeah. going to start to be successful and then they're going to realize they're unsatisfied where they are and go back you know, like LeBron, like he he's got this heart in a soft spot in his heart for Ohio, you know, um, not enough that he wouldn't come to L.A. Because that's where yeah. the money and the fame <laughs> is. But that's all right. We're close enough to L.A. Um, you can you can go big, be big, be successful and then just come drive home to Riverside every night. Um, that's the or more accurately, have your driver drive you home to Riverside when you're yeah. when you're a pro sports player. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah, there- I'd love that.
0: There's so much, like, my head's just spinning of all the stuff you guys can do. I'm so excited to see it, see it grow. Yeah. And with the sports and the schools and just tying all that in and past, like you said, past that, like Adam Kennedy, I graduated with him. Uh-huh. played for the Angels. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Chris Claiborne was in the NFL. Oh, uh-huh, he was a uh-huh. couple years younger than me at yeah. North. So there's, there's a handful of mm-hmm. not too distant past professional athletes that are still in the area, too. Totally, so
1: totally. Yeah, man, listen, I'm going to be shameless right now. If you're listening to this at all and you're in Riverside, please subscribe and tell somebody because we're at the stage of the business um, where every single subscriber helps um i need a couple well that's not right. i need a couple hundred more and then we can add on one other person <laughs> and then i won't kill the person that's working and doing all the writing and then we'll be able to provide even better and it'll just get better and better and better so that's the beautiful part about being tied to subscribers is the more we get the better it gets and you know it, just like costco right the better the more the more members costco has the better deals they can bring you same thing with us the more members we have better news we can provide the better service we can provide the city and then hopefully that pays off like i'm i'm not leaving riverside i'm i'm gonna die here and be buried here um so i'm playing a real long game and and whatever happens now it's gonna pay off down the line so yep so
0: go to raincrossgazette.com raincrossgazette.com yep and then you'll get an email every morning every tuesday Tuesday and thursday
1: and as soon as we can we'll hit you some other days as well
0: cool thanks man so much for having me on the show yeah absolutely boom look forward to everything to come Indeed. Missionary work for two years. With what? Youth with a mission. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah.